Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm laughing having watched everyone dancing, or at least some of you dancing. Jenna's in this black void somewhere dancing <laughs> with like Driftwood theme. And Chris is over there jamming out. And Seth's just kind of sitting there mellowing. Yeah, it was awesome. So anyway, uh, hello and welcome to this special edition, uh, after dark edition of the Galactic Driftwood podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stu. And (laughs) always a pleasure to have you. Always a pleasure to have Stu on board. And uh, tonight... Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some fun stuff. First of all, we wanted to definitely talk about the um, recent Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Star Trek Lower Decks crossover episode, uh, which was uh, quite comedic. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good fan service there, I thought, and uh, uh, really a good story. Very entertaining. Um, so uh, let's see. Unfortunately, Chris hasn't seen that because Chris is. Uh, Sorry, I'm behind this last couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, but Seth has seen it. Linda's seen it, and I, I think we're the only three, right? So, um, <clears throat> Seth, why don't you uh, why don't you give a recap of the episode? Uh, so I, I have to preface this by saying that I did skip ahead in both shows to watch this. Uh, So some of the things uh, might be jokes that I haven't gotten yet. Uh, But uh, we start off uh, in the animated universe of uh, Lower Decks with uh, the Lower Decks cast getting uh, assigned to duty uh, on a planet that had a uh, portal on it that was just some sort of routine chore to go and scan once and then you do it again in a few years Uh, so it's supposed to be a normal boring thing like they do and of course they do something uh, goofy and uh, Boimler gets sucked through the portal and spits him out right into Captain Pike's uh, Strange New Worlds. Right. And right into their uh, right into their away team, because they're also, they, uh, Pike and um, Number One and Spock, have uh, been down to the planet because they have just discovered the portal for the first time. Um, in the um, Lower Decks um, era, it's uh, it's been around for a long time inert they just go scan it right so go ahead seth uh and so of course when he comes out through the portal uh he's no longer is animated so this is the actual uh actor who plays boimler uh who i was 
really surprised to discover a while ago was also Huey on uh, or in uh, The Boys. Yeah. <gasps> Seems totally different, doesn't it? Oh my it? gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He looks more like his dad there. <laughs> his dad is Dennis Quaid. So they literally and... did like an animated oh, like, yeah, jump to live action. Yeah. Yeah. It started out animated. He goes through the portal, and when he comes out the other side, it's real action, live action. <laughs> and uh, the interesting thing is, he lands there, and and uh, shortly thereafter, they when they go to the uh, the opening credits of Strange New Worlds, the opening credits was completely redone as an animated opening credits. Yeah, <laughs> it looked really good too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so go ahead, Seth. But yeah, so Boimler is now stuck in the past. And he's what he is like ninety percent the cartoon character that he was in lower decks. So he is bumbling around, screwing up every conversation he gets into. He of course has a huge just like hero worship out the uh, out his ears for every single member of the strange new world's cast. And it quickly discovers that meeting your heroes is sometimes a little bit not what you'd hope for, as he quickly embarrasses himself in front of Captain Pike, uh, is mysteriously terrified of number one, and... Uh, oh, God. Because she would break him. <laughs> it's actually... I, it's a, I'm not going to spoil the reason. Because it's a good joke later on. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty hilarious. And of course, he's uh, he's uh, all uh, almost misty-eyed over Spock. Spock's his but, huge hero, right? Yeah, but then see <laughs> Spock smile, or no? He tells a joke and Spock laughs. Yeah, and he's like, "What? I've broken Spock. Something I did <laughs> broke Spock." <laughs> Which just in turn makes things worse. And right. kicks off a, a temporal time thing that he's got to fix with the Orions. I'm just like, I, I'm skimming over a lot of stuff to not spoil things. There but, was one, there was, uh, there was a pretty hilarious scene where um, they, uh, they, they realize they need to somehow manually jumpstart this portal in order to send Boimler back to the past. Uh, because... He's constantly screwing up and saying things he shouldn't about the future. And, you know, they're like, just don't say anything. Just don't talk because you're going to destroy yeah. the future. Right. And of course, he, he still he still screws up. And um, so Pike's like, yeah, we got to get him back. Well, so they need this special um, substance to do it. And um, oh, yes. it, uh, it it isn't used. Uh, anymore in the Strange New Worlds era. It was used, it uh, was incorporated into the ship in Enterprise. Uh, the original Enterprise was Scott Bakula, who played uh, Jonathan Archer, Captain Archer, uh, in their ship. And so the Star Trek uh, Starfleet tradition is that when you have a new ship that's named after an older ship, part of that older <coughs> ship gets incorporated into the build of the new ship. 
And so as a consequence, they have a part that has this special substance in it that they need to jumpstart this portal. But mm. they need to test it first because it's kind of volatile substance and they got to get the, you know, the quantities right and all this stuff. So Boimler has to work with Spock to do this. And so they're in a lab testing this out. And um, so Boimler's just kind of doing whatever Spock does, you know, putting on the goggles and all this stuff and getting ready for it. And, and so they, Spock's like, all right, throw the switch. And he throws the switch and the thing kind of goes pop, you know, like this. And um, Spock just starts walking away to position himself behind a bulkhead. And Boimler's like, that shouldn't have happened, should it? As Spock's walking behind the bucket, and he goes, no, hide. <laughs> and, like, ah! and he runs and does the thing. It just explodes and blows the room up. And it's 100% like could have been a scene out of Lower Decks, too. Right. Right? Yes, exactly. Well, uh, it, was... But you'd, you'd actually skipped forward a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they had like taken Boimler back to the artifact or the portal to send him back. Uh, and they had determined that the artifact had enough for one charge, one trip, uh, oh, one more trip. And so they've got him there. Uh, they He's saying his goodbyes. And it, just as he turns to walk through the portal, he gets hit by... Uh, oh, God damn, I forgot her name. Um, what's, anyway. her, what's her name? I don't, I'm saying I've forgotten... Hey, what's your name? Edwards. I can't help you because I didn't see it. So it's Asia. not okay. Good luck. Now I can't think of it either, Seth. You've hosed. You've hosed up my. Well, memory. While we're at it, this isn't the musical episode either, is it? It's uh, Beckett Mariner. Tony Newsom. Beckett Mariner. Mariner. Yeah. Mariner. Okay. So yeah, Mariner as flying through the portal. Yeah, as Tawny Newsom comes through the portal, or you know, the actress like yeah. comes through. <laughs> And once again, she's a good ringer for the animated character. Right. But I think so, they, yeah, they either, uh, they probably were just planning on doing this from the beginning. Right. So do you, do you think it would have worked if they went a slightly more bizarre route with this and did something like, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Cool <laughs> World where you blend in the animated and real world? Do, do you think they could have pulled that off? to get a little bit more crazy with it because it, it's already I, I do it sounds like this is actually done pretty well with the portal that it flips someone and then they go from their animated world into this other type of world but i am curious of you know i i am trying to envision like a crossover where you would have something like cool world or, or who framed roger rabbit or, or even space jam well, chris i, I would have the fans would have lost their shit Yes. Right. I, I don't think it would have worked. How, however well done it could have been, even if it was as well done as Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit, I think it would have been too far. Yeah. yeah. We're I agree. I think it could work as part of like a drug trip or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we had a um, lower decks. Yeah. I mean, we had a, we've had Star Trek episodes where people end up in this weird alternate dimension where nothing seems like. You know, it, it's sure. supposed to be. Um, so that's why I was, you know, you, you can always find an excuse in, in, in the Star Trek universe of explaining it away one way or another, where it's either a dream or something like that. But 
you know, I'll be honest. Yeah. That was my fear going into it. Is that's what oh, yeah? it would be, and and I really was not looking forward to it at all because I thought yeah. that this this is just gonna make the whole thing seem. Welcome trivial. to the dumpster fire. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I was not looking forward to it. I thought the way they did it, yeah, or that was the way to do it because that, for me at least, made made uh, sense. So yeah, that, they released photos uh, well in advance of this episode coming out of uh, Mariner and Boimler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I when I that, heard, like that's what people had to look forward to. Yeah, when I first heard they were doing it before any of the promotional photos came out, that's what I was expecting. And I'm I'm like, uh Yeah, I don't know. If that's if that's if they're gonna try to combine live action and animation into a single show, I I I mean it's just to me yeah. it would make Star Trek too ridiculous. We may have Already? to do that. You mentioned it, Chris, a after dark episode on Cool World. Huh? I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen that. Brad oh, Pitt has never looked younger. Uh, Brad Pitt's like first major film, or it was yeah. close after Thelma and Louise. One of his breakout ones, yep. Huh. Uh, Kim Basinger, hot as both a human and a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabriel Bird. not let me watch that one. I'm looking <laughs> here. It has the... Uh, has the musical episode happened yet? No, that might be the next one. Okay. I don't know. I know they've got, there's supposed to be a Gorn episode, and I'm thinking that that's going to be the final, the finale, because it may be a, kind of a cliffhanger yeah. thing, possibly. Um, okay. or so musicals are okay. Animation. Blending animated and, and live action, not okay. Right. That's no, I'm not a fan of the musicals. No. I'm looking forward to the musical. Uh, I struggle with musicals as well. One question: uh, I just, Yeah, I, I haven't seen this episode. So what? What is the substance? What do you mean? The substance that you use to trigger the the portal. Oh, uh, uh, blobium. What is it? The blob of blobium. What the? Okay. Oh, yeah. Random. What? Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It's just some random. Yeah, the last time I was on this podcast. We were talking about a very specific su- substance for a while there. <laughs> it, 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 it would be a great Star Trek meets cocaine bear. That's a hell of a crossover. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It was like, turns out the substance was cocaine. And that's how we <laughs> Now, in an, in, in an infinite universe, you'd think they would eventually encounter a, a planet whose power source for everything was cocaine. Just partying. You know, I am a little bit interested. They don't really delve into what future drug use looks like in Star Trek, do they? Not to get too off into it. Because they they're all drug tested. Well, they, they did in they Picard. Did in they, they did in Picard. Yeah. There have got to be very important episodes of all the different Star Treks. Like the and yeah. uh, TNG, I think it was uh, the game. Yeah, that that thing that uh, they'd wear. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy right. crap! I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that one. The, 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 the very simple game of these shapes going around on 
the screen yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I forget the name of the the name of the episode, but it was the episode where one planet was essentially addicted to a substance provided by the other planet. They they thought it was necessary to treat us and then it was going to kill it was going to kill them. And in fact it wasn't. They were just going through physical withdrawal. And so the the, the provider planet had grown rich and prosperous and the the attic planet was pretty much what you expect from an attic planet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I think they could have pulled it off, Bill, if they introduced drugs into the mix. But it would have been a very different episode. Now, on on the flip side, I have issues like you have with like mixing real and live action with with the musical aspect of it. I like if it's a musical, it's a musical. But just to put it in, just because you can, I I don't know. I I, I yeah. struggle with it. Well, right. and I think right. I mean I think one episode's going to be black and white too. Yeah, right. Riker played a credible trombone back in the day. <laughs> he, I'm, and, I mean, I can only think of two series who pulled off the <laughs> musical. Uh, one was Buffy the Vampire Slayer because magic was involved, and two was Lucifer because God was basically losing his mind. Yes, <laughs> people were like. He just enjoyed songs, so unconsciously people would start breaking out in song around him. Yeah. As long as I we don't have a shark, a shark, I think it's okay. Never mind. <laughs> I let him have fun. I I, I like it. I like the random music. You know what? I, I agree with that, Seth. And so I I just I think if you're gonna have fun, you can't really have limits on it. You just have to. You just have to. Uh, tastefully find a transition into whatever that fun is so it sounds like in this case with um the crossover they did really well with the portal yeah they did one end to another so well and 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 to be fair um you know i would not have expected that episode where they're all running around in royal costumes and yeah yeah one of them's uh captain pike's like the Who's the king? I think the doctor was the king, king of the doctor. world. I, I just started this episode. I haven't watched or finished it yet. Okay. Well, I won't give I won't give anything away. But I but yeah, I would have I would have expected that you know to be kind of ridiculous too. But within the episode, uh, it's it sounds perfectly explainable uh, as yeah, to what well, happened. I, right. So, I think I messaged you about like. Say so I think I met, sent a message to the group saying, "Hey, they're doing a a holodeck episode before they had holodecks." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right. that's what it was. Like they did that all the time on TNG. Like right. they'd have just like a whole episode where they get stuck in a holodeck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes is you know Nog gets PSD and goes to Vegas. That's, that's that's one of my favorite Star Trek episodes of all times. That was just tremendous. Yeah. Which one was that? No. Um. Uh. Nog for uh, uh, um the the oh the, yeah the the the, the Ferengi ensign gets PTSD from almost yeah. losing his leg, and so he goes to Vegas for a month. Yeah, they crash landed. At, wasn't the the Roswell? Mm-hmm. That was the Roswell episode, right? Speaking of it. I love the reference to those old scientists. It's, it's only a paper moon is the name of that yes. episode. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, got it. I what remember that. Well, I was saying, speaking of uh, Roswell and aliens, uh, Stu had a great topic for us to discuss. 
Yes. Um, was it the Star Trek universe coming into ours, or do we got little green men, or do we have humans from the future? Let's get off on this uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, didn't uh, so Congress had a hearing this week where they brought in uh, three guys. Um, they were. Ryan Graves, uh, who's executive director of Americans for Safe Aerospace, um, retired Air Force Major David Grush, and a retired Navy Commander David Fravor. And Fravor. Fravor, Fravor, Fravor. I've listened to a few podcasts where he was on um, Lex. No, I can't think of his last name. Luther? Lex, who's a ex-MIT professor, and then uh, Lex Friedman. Yes, Lex Friedman. He was on Lex. What were they saying about it, Jenna? He was just talking about his experience. um, How as the technology got better, suddenly they were seeing these things. He had experiences that their technology could not explain that they knew for a fact couldn't be human. And when he like would get back to this Navy vessel that he had flown off of, they're like, yeah, it's a thing. Just don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but he was much more detailed in the Lex Friedman podcast about the technology because Lex actually understands that. Mm. And I unfortunately don't, so I can only paraphrase what I could pick up. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was interesting that Congress has this hearing to, uh, be uh, open and and let the public know what's going on with UFOs. And then they have this uh, this David Grush on there that um, he has no firsthand knowledge of of anything. Everything he's everything he knows he's heard from other people. And they ask him about uh, details about stuff, and he says. Well, um, I can only tell you uh, in a uh, secure compartmentalized uh, information facility, a SCIF, I can't, I can't discuss it in public. So what the fuck is the purpose of a public hearing if they're That's not going to... goes with any classified information. They just make it seem like they're doing their job and bringing stuff to the public. But at any point, we always see this. They say, well, that's we can't talk about it in this hearing. We yeah, talk about it in the real hearing where we actually talk about what's going on, but we don't talk to the public. <laughs> right. This hearing is for me to sit here and say I can't talk about it in this in this open. Forum. Yeah. And and I, go ahead, Jenna. I was gonna say I feel like because of the recent allowance for those who had NDAs to come forward with the whistleblower protection on this specific subject. It might just be trying to come out and be an example so other people who do have the first-hand knowledge will start talking, who can say this stuff, who actually experienced it. Or it's yeah. a false flag to distract right. us from the shit going on. And it, <laughs> right. And it, and it, if you take the testimony at, 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 at face value, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think this was a Joe McCarthy thing where he has this thing, I have a list here of, of so many known card-carrying communists. I think he has this, docu- this document in front of him saying, here's the name and the contact information of the person who, who can tell you that. And he's sitting there speaking with 
um, Representative Cortez saying, "Here you go. I'm I, I I I am providing I'm providing this to you. I just can't I can't say it in public." And but why? I, 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 I mean, I, I, why I, couldn't he? Because he he's got no firsthand knowledge, so he wasn't working on any of this stuff. So would he have? Why would he have ever signed an NDA? or some sort of top secret classified document if he's not actually involved. He's only hearing stuff from people that are involved. Because if he calls out names, the people who do have NDAs may be forced to come forward. Because if he says call out names, right? He could when they said, do we have alien bodies? Well we have, you know, we have alien material. And he couldn't go think, into any more detail on it without being yeah. a yeah. Well, why? I, I, I think if I remember correctly, the, the the phrase he used was non-human biologics. Right, yeah. which could be right. an amoeba, yeah. an insect, uh, a lizard, a dog. Well, and isn't this the same guy that said something to the effect of, like, he's known people that have been physically hurt from, like, whatever was found or there's been injuries reported and stuff. But then he couldn't go into any details. Right. And at the end of the day, what I'm mostly annoyed is if you don't have firsthand experience, you should not be brought up. Right. To talk. Well, you don't really offer any value. Right. Unless it's an example to get people to come out or because he's got a list of names that he can't say in public, but he can pass on to someone else. They may start dragging information out of people. Right. Well, and, you know, here's the thing that kind of bothered me about the whole deal is as I'm watching this whole thing um, go down, it seems to me like a number of the congressmen are using it as a a vehicle with which to push the fact that there's a secret government within the government that's doing Mm -hmm. stuff that the general public doesn't know about and that the regular government uh, doesn't even have the ability to figure out. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt Getz talked about going down to Atlanta to investigate something and they wouldn't even tell him what was going on. They were keeping the information from him until he, you know, had to pull rank and say, well, you understand Congress, you know, controls all this stuff. I need to know this kind of thing. You know, it just seems to me like it's it's this whole thing of um, a certain certain group within the government um, that wants to cast doubt on the functioning of the rest of the government wants wants to make us think that there's big this big nefarious group uh, that's controlling things. And I just don't buy it. Well, uh, um, they may not be. So I would say they would. I don't get the implication is that they're controlling things as much as they are taking tax dollars and doing things that if we knew about, we would not approve of it. And if you look at what the CIA was doing with their LSD experiments, um, the way they tried to infiltrate both hippie movements and discredit them and the Black Panthers. I mean, the fact that we got into the Vietnam War uh, because we hate communism and we didn't want to give it up. Uh, we didn't want to see another uh, communist country. Like there's, yeah, not, not to go too far down the political road, but you kind of hit the nail on the head there of, you know, the reality is a lot of these people in Congress are part of the problem though, because they're writing these blank checks that go to these black holes where the money's sure. getting spent. And then they come back and they ask people, why can't, 
you tell me, you know, what it is that you're working on is that like you gave them that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and why and why have a public hearing if you're not going to give us any real information? Every hearing. Yeah, that, that's kind of my thing is like, <laughs> what did we see anything new here that we have no, on a late night PBS or not? It's just posturing. Yeah. Right. right. But, for me, like what it ultimately comes down to is still likelihood. Like the likelihood that aliens have visited here is astonishingly low. Yeah. Like yeah, and I, and I think yeah, um, there's, there's a certain read between the lines situation going on here. I think you know Bill is right about the casting doubt, so and so, but. To another degree, it's also really making people more comfortable with the entire idea of whistleblowing because there have always been things going on in government that sure. the general public, you know, doesn't know that, you know, the members of Congress are, are kept uh, in, in the dark about it. Harry Truman had to be briefed on the Manhattan Project when he became president. He didn't. He, that was so secret that he didn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's always been something going on at that level. I think that's that's sort of the read between the lines that they're really bringing out. It's always been my personal headcanon, you know, looking at the biological experiments of the 50s and 60s that have now been declassified, you know, where they would you know, drop a light bulb for the an inert virus in the New York City subway system, and they sure. sprayed Minneapolis, they, they did an experiment in Minneapolis, they sprayed San Francisco Bay with a, with a uh, with, with an inert bacteria to see what would happen. It has always been my, just my personal headcanon that whatever happened at Roswell, I mean, here's my thing with Roswell, is that it gets explained too thoroughly. They're accounting for things that they could just say, "Well, that's just crazy," and they don't do that. They 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 bring in some, they bring in experiments with parachutes and this and that and the other. And I've always I've always thought that whatever happened down there, may I mean I I can't say with any certainty or even probability, but I have this nagging suspicion that they were doing something that was so bad. 75 years later, you still can't talk about it. And well, I, 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 yeah. Stu, could yeah. you could you could you say with certainty if we were to um, interview you in a skiff? Oh, like so, or I'm joking. When you speak, talk of well, I was trying to look up something that you brought up, um, Stu, because who knows what the hell. Um, Area 51 was. I mean, I remember that there was a recent book, and I can't find the a uh, new book called Area 51, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base, where one of the people who were involved with it basically came out and said that it wasn't aliens, but basically um, mm-hmm. deformed children that Stalin sent yeah. as a, like a... Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, like that, that no, it was no. sent I, and, and, over and, and, I, I, okay. I, I I've, I've met someone who's been at Area 51, and um, they he said what he what 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 he saw was um I mean, it's it, it's for experimental aircraft. And yeah, said, and but he was trying to fuck with the American public. Stalin was trying to fuck with the American public, and uh, sent basically uh a, 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 an aircraft that he totally in, had intention to to crash in Roswell like it did. Never heard so that. I mean. Never heard that's that. for it. It's possible this is just um, propaganda against 
to, to bother the Russians? Well, no, this didn't come out till recently. This was in a 2022 book that was just came well, out. The, uh, the theory that the Russians were making up seeing aliens to to mess with us, and we were making up Roswell to mess with the Russians was that's been out there a while. Well, I, I, I know it's I know, I know it has been declassified out of the out of the KGB archives. Is that a lot of the Kennedy assassination conspiracy theories? Uh, were 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 planted by the by the KGB. Really, they they, no. they were for for exactly what Bill was talking about. They were there to reduce the reduce our, uh, the American people's confidence in in, in their government. Is that what we think aliens are? What's that, Chris? Is that what we think aliens are then? What plants? Uh, a uh, a story planted to cause distractions geopolitically. I mean. Well, like, I guess Stal what the book says is that Stalin was uh, inspired by what happened with the War of the Worlds and wanted to just create hysteria to um, undermine our society. And the book is called Area... God, where did I just said it? Area 51, <laughs> an uncensored history of America's top secret military base. So it was written by Andy Jacobson, who is an invest a respected investigative support reporter. Uh, and basically it's it's a pretty disturbing thing that the person who said like they didn't want to come forward until they were close to death, obviously, like they said. Um, so it's it's an interesting theory because, Again, false flags. Is it really what it is? We don't know. Yeah. Now, now what, I, what I will be interviewed about on a skiff, Bill. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I, I really I, I know what that what that idiom really means, but okay. Oh, it's um, a secure compartmentalized information oh, facility. Oh, gotcha, it's gotcha, used gotcha. by the government when they want to talk about classified information. It's, you know, like a safe room that no safe. intel can get out of. Gotcha. No cell phones, no gotcha. smart devices, no smart watches. Gotcha, right. gotcha. And now I, um, I know that the real concern of Blue Book back in the day is, that, and it sounds just so dreadfully boring, but that was the, the, this was the, what Blue Book was really looking at was is what's happening because because people were seeing UFOs all over the place in the in, in the fifties. They were what they were really afraid of was that these were in fact. Um, uh, Soviet propaganda of some sort to get people to get the government used to dismissing reports of things flying in the air. Mm. Yeah. So then, when you know, when, when uh, planes or missiles did come over, people would call and say, "Hey, there's something in the air." <laughs> um, you know, the, the authorities would just say, "Okay, yeah, yes, we have more, right. yeah. More, more, yep. more UFOs. Yes, yes, Mr. Johnson, we'll be right over." And you, and you that that element of surprise there. That would make sense. It, tracks, it does. That, that was the, that that was the blue book hypothesis they wanted that's what they were really investigating was is this so pervasive that that's a real danger and that's you know so if you ever watched that project ufo back in the 70s which i realize all of you are too young to have done but there was a disclaimer at the end of the show saying that project blue book concluded there was no imminent danger to national security and that that was the conclusion mm -hmm. really it was that the UFO phenomenon had not gotten so pervasive that authorities were ignoring reports of things, of things in the sky. 
I, I, so I can make anything boring. Anything boring. I can bore the crap out of anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, and I mean, and it still kind of comes back to as well. I mean, I know we talked about in one of the podcasts that the UN has basically an alien ambassador position. Why would they have that if there wasn't <laughs> something that we should be concerned about? Are they trying to desensitize us because we're pretty much distracted by the things we're like, ah, alien, sure. Beam me up because I'm tired of this shithole in the yeah. politics. There are there are people who are saying that. I don't that. want to live on this planet anymore. Seth is all ready to be probed. He's had his drink. His <laughs> <laughs> um, Seth is always ready to be probed. What are you talking about? <laughs> is that why you wear the kilt? <laughs> That's why he wears a kilt. We'll have a special episode going forward called Probing Seth. That took a really weird turn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like there's a lot of probing. We need a dedicated podcast called Probing Seth. I'll I'll be better now. I'll be better now. So we talk about false flags, but then is there really something to be concerned about? Because a new alien documentary called Moment of Contact explores a, a UFO landing in Brazil where bodies were actually seen and taken. Someone died from a bacteria infection that they could not fix from handling the body. Mm-hmm. Like the whole town saw it and then saw some of the, the there were multiple witnesses to the beings because multi, the, there were several hospitals that whoever picked up the bodies tried to take them to and the hospital would not. They were like, no, we're not touching this. So they've got medical uh, experts who saw this, and then for whatever reason, they called the U.S. A U.S. plane came in that was not officially sanctioned or allowed or should have been allowed by the uh, Brazilian government, and then took the wreckage, the bodies, everything, and left. Mm. So this was in 1996. Mm. So what what do you do with that? I would like to think maybe uh, in the book World War Z. (laughs) (laughs) What? Go on. Go, go, go. go. The the Israelis had developed uh, what was, I don't know if you call it a scheme, where if everybody on whatever panel it was, you know, uh, was stupid and it was unanimous, well, then they would create. Uh, whatever you call it, some sort of government body to investigate that and make a plan for it. Uh, for for specific, if if everyone was absolutely certain that it was going to be this, then there had to be one person whose job That's it was to go, but what if it's this? And make a plan mm-hmm. for it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, you, for, for how long did the U.S. have active plans to invade Canada, you know, for you for, 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 for a very long time. <laughs> like, Why? They're so I mean, nice. They will do what we are asking. Well, the, the, this, this is when they were still when they were still Dominion when they when they thought it might you know the geopolitics might tell long time ago. <laughs> that we might have to go to war against England and so Canada. Well, next- and it's those Canadian bankers. You just can't trust them. <laughs> those Canadian <laughs> drug dealers. I just remember Mexico being more of an issue in World War II. They were much more concerned about Mexico flipping on the German side, and they because there was a large German population in Mexico that uh, would help facilitate 
that uh, collaboration with Hitler. Well, they, they, they were certainly that, that concerned about Germany, about Mexico in World War One. Yeah. That was how we got into World War One. was the Zimmerman telegram. You know, this idea okay, Mexico. so that must be what I'm thinking of World War One, yeah. not instead of World War Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zimmerman telegram, yeah, where, where Germany did reach out to Mexico about, you know, if you join our side, you know, the, the Mexican War was only, you know, seventy years in the in, in the rearview mirror. We can maybe help you gain, regain some of the land you lost, and that's, who oh boy, yeah, yeah, that, mm. yeah. It, Woodrow Wilson didn't didn't take real kindly to that one. Um, yeah, you go, go, going back into history too, this is something. And I don't know, maybe I'm trying to be too profound here, but again, going back to the UFO phenomenon that starts, starts in 19, roughly 1947. I know there, there are precursors to it, but that's I think we can agree the modern UFO phenomenon starts in 1947. With the, bomb, the, the drop of the bomb, that's what seems to be well, the catalyst yeah, for these sites. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it goes, it's more than that. Um, because in, in, in 47, uh, you have Ken Arnold, you know, coins the term flying saucer, you know, sees this thing in the air, this very reputable pilot, you know, as reputable as it, as almost as it, as the people who testified um, this um, last month in front of Congress. This is a, a good observer. He sees these things. I don't know what it was. It looks like a like a saucer skipping across the um, a, 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 across the lake. And then just a few weeks after that is when no, oh, no, it was the same week. I think was when was when the uh, Roswell incident happened. And you have people who are willing to believe it. And I think the reason was. Yeah, you, you mentioned the atomic bomb. That's absolutely true. You have this weapon of an entirely different type of energy that no one had ever heard of before. That was absolutely world expanding. Uh, during the war, you you had seen, you know, that you had a, this huge chunk of, the, of a, the American population that was of German descent, and they had found out that their people had committed a mass genocide in Europe. They couldn't, no one could believe it. You had. Um, well, like, that that was still not even sure about. No, even when they found right, the concentration camps, there were people who didn't believe that. By, by, by 1947, I think it, it, it had sunk in pretty well. And that was why Eisenhower said, "You know, bring in all the documentarians you can, because otherwise people are going to try and tell us that's propaganda." Um, and but, um, we, we don't talk about this today, but there had been huge advances in IT even in the in, in the 40s. We don't even think of these as as, as proper computers now. But if you read. If you read Catch Twenty Two, there's a there's an episode in there about a guy who's given a promotion by an by by a computer by accident because the computer computer thought it would be it would be funny. And but, what I'm, okay, I, I, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I was I, just going to say to collaborate with what you're saying with the huge German population before we even got into the war, there was a call to German Americans by Hitler to come help the fatherland. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. like, there were people yeah. who went over there, like yeah, that, that were Americans to help. Yeah, and that 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 that's just that's just one point. I mean, radar had come in that no one had even conceived of before. You know, just as these huge revolutions in technology and in culture, and I think by nineteen, when you've had all this happen, your entire world has been utterly flipped upside down. And so, nineteen forty-seven. When you see a, a reputable pilot and reputable Air Force observers saying we got aliens, people are like, "Okay, why not?" Because because you'd seen so much happen yeah, in, the, sure. in the in the in, in the previous three years that so sure. many the world had so completely changed that aliens. Okay, okay, it's Tuesday. What the hell? And I'm wondering, Bill, because you because you, you kind of talked about this because with um. With the rise of QAnon, the rise of disinformation, for God's sake, the rise of flat earthers without those people had put to bed in the 60s. Right. 
are we at a point in our in our culture now where we are where we have a similar dynamic where people are very willing to say aliens yeah sure what the hell <laughs> you know i need somebody to remind us the earth is round right oh jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> you know i i'm i'm almost concerned that um we're going down a road um I'm going to say, so there was uh, an interesting um, a report that I watched this week. They were talking about, um, it was um, Deutsche Welle News um, out of Germany, and they were talking about um, basically, uh, they were talking about the Prigozhin um, uh, uh, attempted coup, right, yep. that he yep. finally stopped, right? And um, they, they were talking about the fact that the Russians... Um, didn't really react to it. They, you know, kind of embraced uh, the the um, the Wagner mercenaries when they came through, and and it wasn't like everybody was concerned. Oh my God, there's a coup, uh, a coup attempt going on. It's a big deal. And um, they were talking to this woman who's kind of uh, she's uh, uh, an expert on Russia and Russia politics and stuff. And they were asking her about that, and she said, well. She said it's it's um, basically um, uh, Kremlin policies that are coming home to bite them now. They said the Kremlin for a long time has used their propaganda to put out purposely conflicting stories of events mm -hmm. so that the population um, doesn't really know what to believe. Because they hear one thing and then they hear something else. And he said, eventually, when that happens, people just kind of go, fuck it, I don't care. I, right. I, I can't know the truth. I got I got better things to do. I'm not even going to worry about it. And that's that. more or less what happened during that yeah. 24 to 48 hours. Right. Yeah. And she said, that's that's what's come home to haunt them now, that when something like a coup even happens, that people are like, meh, you know, I... Yep. I don't care. You know, I got I got no. other things to worry about. I, you got, you got one notice on your phone yes, that yes, says yeah. there's too much fine. conflicting information. And the yeah. ones that embraced uh, Prigozhin when he came in were like, you know what? I, I'm so sick of all the bullshit that I can't believe. Here's somebody that at least speaks their mind. And mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it's the same old shit we've got already, but... It's it's uh, it's someone different, and maybe there's a hope that things will change, and maybe I can care about something again. And so, uh, you know, I think with this whole UFO thing, you know, maybe it's a, a similar thing in that, you know, they're going to say it's out there, or other people are going to say it isn't out there, and eventually people are just going to go, meh, you know, I don't give a shit. I got other things to worry about. Let me let me ask this. It explains it, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, let me ask this then: do, do we know what really prompted the hearing for Congress to, 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 to happen in the first place? I um, was let's it see. was it Trump that de tried to declassify or put laws in that they were that they that the government had to declassify what they knew about UFOs or information that was they that had really to... was that really what what triggered it in terms of. I don't know. I, I know. I think that was what triggered the initial release of information, if I, well, if I remember correctly. I should have looked that up before the show, but I didn't. No, it's it's fine. I just 
when we, I'm, I'm coming back to like you know full circle here from from where we started about yeah. this hearing and 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 you know what what i seem to hear is trying to get an understanding of how did we get here and what do we believe right mm -hmm. and and you know we get conflicting information and you get you know some in government that say like it's all just bullshit and you get some in government that are like did you hear what that guy just said on their testimony which really yeah, well, not a whole lot of anything right it, it amounted to like i can't speak about it and, and and we'll never know what they said behind closed doors because nobody can talk about it. So what was the whole freaking point, right? Right. Um, I, so, I guess. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, like, I think there were people who were ex-military who started to come forward, and they happened to have connections to the right people in Congress who said, mm -hmm. if there are these stories, we need to give them protection. So then they create the whistleblower protection. And yeah. now people are coming out. I think that's kind of the chain of events. A small that you could have one person who knows the right person, like one individual who knows the right person in Congress who's willing to take it up. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. a, small, a, a small group of House lawmakers called Wednesday for greater transparency in the government reporting on encounters with identified phenomena. We, That's what you know they what? Were looking for. It's not going to happen. We can't even get transparency over basic things, <laughs> right. where money goes. But yeah, that, the, the, that aside, you know, I here's here's what I struggle with. I'm still a firm believer that that whoever knows the actual truth would never make it in front of a camera or a mic to say it. Right. They would never get there. Right. I agree. I well, I the, 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 the honest to goodness, the honest to goodness yeah. truth is that if you have total transparency, no one will believe you anyway. Yeah, and yeah, yeah we, I mean, we, we, it's, we in, in the current but, state of things today, there's no way that that, that likely you, you you would be believed. So there's that, but then there's also you know, if if anyone got a whiff that you were going to bring out classified information, those whistleblower you know protection do not protect you from you disappearing. <laughs> I still firmly believe <laughs> if you know anything about anything that actually has substantial value to what the government wants to protect that people don't know about that will never see the light of day well chris what if they were to pull like a edward snowden type of revelation and edward snowden is still on the run well yeah but, but yeah you're right but and, he did but he did release a lot of information to the media did. and they and, and i think out. and i think that's fair but i think you know they've they've shored things up maybe potentially Snowden proved that they were really ignorant in the protections and securities that they had. But I do think they've probably shored things up enough to where they would never make that mistake again. Um, but that's a, that's a fair point. Who, who yeah. is, is this prompting the next Edward Snowden to step forward uh, yeah. and, and provide that information? But I also don't believe that if that were to happen, that person would ever would, would live. I think that would be like a, a global thing. That person would be hunted down. So then you can't blame people for going, meh, because... Like this Everything, yeah. though, assumes a lot of... Assumes a lot of facts that need to be demonstrated. Like, one, why would aliens come here? Yeah. Uh, two, if they did come here... You're, you're saying that we don't have entertainment value? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I the fact the that water is such value a to, 
the, the entertainment value to threat of being cut by an atom bomb uh, ratio is really uh, skewed over here. But it sounds like from what their technology is, they can outrun an atom bomb. So what? That's all. Like that's like assuming they wanted yeah, to come here. Yeah. Why would anyone keep it secret? If why like, do why people study ants? Well, somebody interfered with the elections. No, what? Why <laughs> would the government keep it secret? It was uh, uh, because probably you, because people I, can't handle the truth. I think some people would be totally ready to take. Like, I think there would be totally people who said would say this world is fucked. How do I help the aliens fuck this planet war? That's where we're at. That's how much conflict. conflict why why would aliens want to fuck with the planet? Like, I why why do humans like study primates? It doesn't necessarily have to be primate, but you've got to figure. You've got to cross inter like stellar distances. But you're also unless, measuring that against what our capabilities are versus what other uh, potential unless, no matter travelers what, are capable are of. Again, I just overcome. It, we can't. I I I agree that it's it's less likely, but we also we don't know what we don't know, so we can't measure capabilities based off of what we can or cannot do on our planet and what our species has been. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is true. Yeah, that, that, it, it, if you're talking about the, if you're entertaining the hypothesis of actual, honest to God, alien intervention, you have to keep in mind that we've only been mucking with the electromagnetic spectrum with any competency we're whatsoever for, for the last 200 years. You know, since, yeah, since, since we, we're infants yeah. technically in that technology. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 one thing, one thing I will say, one real positive that's come out of these so far, in the social media sphere, is I'm seeing all these. You know these these hardcore right wing people who are you know get all their news from from Fox and from oh what's the you know and, and like uh, O N W whatever that thing is called mm -hmm. saying like wow that you know A O C she's she really is bright and really perceptive isn't she <laughs> I, I'm dead serious I started start start seeing that like wow she she doesn't make any sense at all boy she's making all kinds of sense today and I'm sitting there like, you're just now figuring this out. Oh, my God. And this is to say I'm, whether or not it's aliens or humans from the future. That's one of these theories, is that we're being observed by humans from the future who are trying to decide what yeah. be. Or maybe some species that has multi... Uh, has the ability to travel between universes, because we live in a multiverse, right? So maybe mm -hmm. they figured out a way to jump I mean, there's a lot of ex a lot of theories out there um, as to what these unidentified aerial phenomenon could be. They don't necessarily have to be aliens within our within our universe. They could be from another universe. They could be time travelers. We don't know, and that's that's the thing. That's why they're unidentified. And, 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 it's, and it's not like we haven't explored those theories. And to to bring us back to even. Um, Star Trek, right? Yeah. Even in Star Trek, when they go back and they have to deal with time travel, um, uh, you know, they've brought up in, in certain series like, hey, um, you know, there's a government organization that's trying to keep the fact that like Romulans or something like that are running around on, on Earth or whatever. And, 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 you know, I think all of those theories hold a little bit of, of water and it's like, well, why couldn't that happen? Why, why yeah. isn't this just 
part of this crew trying to keep things you know un under wraps or you know it could be other countries sending mysterious spacecraft to, to get us to be a little bit numb to uh you know potential future attack on the air and, and nobody's going to believe it that there's these planes flying overhead and people are parachuting out because it's like your 40th call that year uh you know it, it could be anything but i don't think for sure for certain that we can say you know back to back to you seth like why would an alien come here i was like i don't know like like we're over here trying to think you know you've got oh man i hate to say his name uh musk you know trying to build a, a ship to go to mars you know we're, we're we ourselves are trying to stretch out and, and travel space and and i'm sure there are you know there could be beings and other planets like why are they even coming here as like, well because why not you know it, it's out there there's a whole broad space to to explore we could do that yeah. order, order i mean trying and, to make sense of reasoning based off of our own culture our own society us as a human race makes sense to justify why anyone would come here or right. to flip it the other direction like is that now i'm, I'm going i'm yeah. going with precedent now in the in the 1890s 1896 1897 there were these the rash of reports of this mysterious airship going across the u.s and you have ufo enthusiasts saying aha there it was the thing is these reports go into such detail because they they would talk with the pilots of the airship mm -hmm. and the i mean it would and this this went down to the very lowest level you had most of the major um, newspapers in Nebraska were reporting on were, were reporting on this. I mean, it was like every newspaper in the country had some kind of a story. And today, we you've come to the almost inescapable conclusion that it was just it was this cabal of railroad telegraph operators that were <laughs> trolling the living hell out of the, uh, these United States. When you line up who, who's being interviewed, you realize. That's who they're talking to every single time, and but it, but but all the but I mean but no but see because nobody in New York is reading you know the newspaper mm -hmm. from Carney. nobody nobody in Chicago yeah. is reading the paper from you know from from Poughkeepsie, and they don't realize my God that's what they're doing. In, in retrospect, we can tell what what was going on. Um, yeah, I you, I mean I, I realize you have to be open to the to the possibility <laughs> of something that's beyond your understanding, but you all but. We have never been more vulnerable to a massive, massive troll right. as, as we are right now. I remember reading a, a little a, a short thing by Umberto Eco about some guy in the Renaissance that was uh, or probably prior. He had to go back and forth between like France and Italy every year and would write himself letters ahead of time about some conspiracy and then answer them. And after he died, they found all these letters. And so uh, I forgot what conspiracy it was, but it was, you know, all of a sudden uh, you've got Knights of the Templar doing stuff, right? You've got Indiana Jones stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's all just one person who, who was for, for when he got bored would write himself stories. Well, I think uh, <laughs> you know, it can happen. I think I know why the aliens would come here, Seth. To serve to our fantastic podcast. To serve man. <laughs> to serve. <laughs> okay, everyone. I think Bill is now. 
I, I now think that aliens have definitely visited and Bill is in league with them. <laughs> uh, so, but, um, hey guys, let's, here's, here's what we can hope for if, because we're still having a hard time explaining the jump in our evolution, if they are our space daddy, maybe they're just trying to make sure their Petri dish doesn't blow up. <laughs> I like it. Space daddy. Uh, no, I'm serious. The day, we... But there are some people who believe that uh, aliens are the ones who sped up evolution of human beings to get where we are now. I, I am more inclined to believe think that. that biologists would support that, Jenna. Yeah. There are biologists, biologists who can't explain why there is a jump. That's why there's theories like the stone date theory that because humans were consuming mushrooms as the trees proceeded in Africa and we were left with planes and humans, early humans were following uh, cows and flipping <laughs> over <laughs> mushrooms. The whole thing. Okay, so we're at, uh, uh, let's, uh, I think we've gone far afield. We have. Wow. We should probably, we should probably bring it home. So can we all agree then to wrap this up that for lack of a better phrase, that the truth is out there. So yeah. <laughs> trust no one. I for lack of a better phrase. That's just the phrase. That is the yeah. phrase. The, the truth, truth is, is out there. there. Trust no one. <laughs> Bill is an alien. <laughs> and Seth likes to be probed. We <laughs> <laughs> didn't agree to that. Yeah, this, this is this is where we cut it off. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this discussion, and uh, I know I know we sure did. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will uh, definitely uh, have another after dark session with some more excitement uh, in the near future. And uh, who knows, we may somehow bring it back around to this this topic again. <laughs> so anyway, oh thanks all for tuning in, and thanks everybody for for coming on and talking about this and. Uh, Maybe sometime in our lifetime we'll get an answer to the question, are there aliens visiting Earth? Or we'll have them on the show. Yeah. Till then, take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.